Welcome to Lessons in Life and Love with Rihanna Milne, where we show you how to have the positive mindset for success in all life areas. It's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 and Show 50 of the Lessons in Life and Love podcast. I am your host and global life and love coach, Rihanna Milne, coming to you every Friday on the Lessons in Life and Love com website and on my app lessons in life and love on the go I'm all about helping you transform your life so that you have a life full of passion and that you attract the love that you deserve I'm on a mad mission to help change the way the world loves so I'm here to educate you on how to have emotionally healthy evolved and conscious love and how to make sure you don't attract painful negative toxic love which is too prevalent today if at any time during the week you're struggling, do reach out to meet with me for a life and love transformation discovery session and assessment where we will dive deep into where you're stuck and what your next best move could be to help you feel fantastic about your life and love situation. Okay, love angels and transformers, we have an amazing guest today. Help me welcome to the show, Tracy Malone. Welcome to the show, Tracy. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to have you. This is our second round, everybody. I was on Tracy's podcast about a year and a half ago, and so many people got so much value from it. I said it's time to get Tracy on my show and let my viewers make sure that you hear her wonderful voice and all her great knowledge. Let me tell you, everyone, a little bit about Tracy. She is a survivor and the founder of NarcissistAbuseSupport.com, a global resource to victims. Early in her own recovery, she founded two local support groups in Colorado, and now she empowers others to start groups and bring together survivors to heal. You can find Tracy on YouTube or her podcast, Narcissist Abuse, and join her Facebook group to get online support. Tracy is an international coach helping educate victims to get free and heal. So we're going to have a discussion all about narcissists today, and you're going to learn so much. Tracy, what is the major characteristics of the narcissist? Let's start there. What should people know so that they can be careful and not be attracted to this type of toxic personality type? Well, when we ask about the characteristics, we have to understand that there are three phases of this cycle of abuse with someone like this. And so the characteristics are going to change depending on where you are, because in the beginning, they are the most charming people. They are confident. They are successful. Of course, they could be losers too, looking you know, to upscale to you and, and use something from you, but they're generally very successful. They're good people. They show a really nice face. And then over time, as the next stage, that's called the idealization stage, mm. then it goes into a devaluation stage. And this is when they've already hooked you. So once they've hooked you, things just start to seem off and you start to see that they might not have a lack of empathy for others. They might not be understanding that the women in front of them playing golf deserve to be on the thing, but no, they shouldn't because, you know, you start to go, well, wait a second, that doesn't make sense. So if you're this kind, compassionate person, why are you getting mad at a woman playing golf in front of you, right? Mm -hmm. You start to see these little tiny things and then you write them off, but you have to keep tallies of these. Like you have to start to remember them. They are very entitled. And what that looks like is that they're entitled to do what they want, say what they want. They demand people's time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 
They start to use passive aggressive treatments to you, meaning the silent treatment, meaning that they're going to blame you for things and blame others. So you start to see these little tiny things. And one of the key things at any of these stages is that the public face that they show to the world, that charming person, seems to only come out when others are around. Yes. In the beginning, they were- A whole different story at home. (laughs) A whole different story, you know? So it's like, wait a second, where's that charming person? And then they've got their excuses. I'm tired. I don't have to be on all the time, you know, that sort of thing. But it is a really key point because a normal person that's charming and kind is charming and kind even when they're tired. So we need to understand that that is one of them. Playing the victim is a really big one to start to- Blaming. Blaming is so huge. Blaming them. um, You know, you'll start to see patterns of lies. Mm -hmm. That's the confusing part. You're like, wait a second, you said your parents are dead and now you're going off to a holiday or something? Like That doesn't add up. Well, no, you know the truth. And that's really a part of gaslighting. But the lies like too, Tracy, you're defining a lot of the sociopath. You know, they can't apologize. They're lying. They use people for pleasure or profit. Mm -hmm. And I always said every sociopath is a narcissist. Yes. But not every narcissist is a sociopath. No, no, there's a clear difference. And sociopath is definitely on the higher scale of ugliness um, because they're, they're more calculated in their destruction. A narcissist doesn't learn from their mistakes. They just keep moving on to the next person to repeat the same patterns. A sociopath learns and ups the game. I, mm-hmm. I work. Let me try it this way. You know, they're a little more cunning, if you would. Yeah. Hey, single ladies, here's a date you won't want to miss. Saturday, September 28th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and that's 8 a.m. Pacific. Join me for a complimentary full day live workshop retreat. It's a reinvention for mind, body, and spirit called From Surviving to Thriving in Life, Love, and Career, helping you to have the mindset for success to create the life that you desire and to have the love that you deserve. When you stay to the end, two people will be awarded free hot seat coaching, and that's a $500 value. Also, everyone else will be celebrating by receiving special worksheets that I have when you attend the entire event. Learn a ton, have fun, and believe me, you'll win a second date. Again, join me live Saturday, September 28th for all the single ladies by registering at my website, rihannamilne.com. Harry, spaces are extremely limited because this is a live workshop. I look forward to seeing you on Saturday, September 28th at 11 a.m. for the all-day live virtual workshop. This is one you don't want to miss. The last stage is called discard, and that's where 80% of the people figure out who they were with. And they discard without emotion, without empathy. They just say, I'm done. You figured me out. I'm moving on. Or this one is a better game for me. Exactly. And and it's so hard. Yeah. People are so confused by this discard and it hurts them so badly. It does. They feel like they're a shell of themselves. So if you're in that stage of ending a relationship, also note that it usually takes about seven times before you actually make the final break. Mm. Um, This is the love addiction then of the victim that tends to be soaked in by someone like this, someone who may have had childhood trauma that needs that love and attention. And when they got that from the beginning, they keep wanting the beginning recreated. They're hanging in there to get the beginning back. 
And I wanted to see if your research was similar to mine in the childhood trauma when they are attached to fabulous, charming people in the beginning, the narcissist or the sociopath, about four months to a year in is when things start making the change or when there's something more of a committed relationship, whether it's moving in, engagement, marriage, or a child, a lot of this toxic element starts coming out. Did you find that as well? Absolutely. You know, I think that there is always a, a threshold and it can vary. It, it really depends on the game of the narcissist because some people have been married for 30 years and didn't know it till the 29th year or didn't mm. really understand the patterns. But definitely they're looking for people with childhood wounds because they're going to be the most likely to accommodate their needs. Because when you've got that childhood wound, you're like, you're a people pleaser. You want to be kind and you do things for others and yeah. you're a giver. They're takers, you're a giver. It kind of works out pretty well for them. Yeah. What are some of the biggest misconceptions around the narcissist? So the one that bothers me the most is the generalization that they like to look in the mirror and that they're just this vain person and harmless, really. That isn't really true. They are driven by hurting others. They are on a mission to self-care themselves without any thought or what they're doing to people. The misconception is that you're going to be able to identify what a narcissist look like by a grandiose kind of mannerisms. And while that is true, there are grandiose and, and we call them overt and covert is the other one. Overt is where you can see them. It's, it's like flamboyant, if you would. You can see their behaviors and their mannerisms. Those are easy to spot. It's the covert ones. Those are the good neighbors, the people that are just putting on this mask to kind of fake out everybody. And those are the ones that slip through and people miss because right. they kind and charming. How could they be evil? That doesn't make sense. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I read that there's two types of narcissists, the malignant narcissists that we're mostly talking about today. These are the ones that are low in empathy and really target people that are kind and loving and they use people, like I said, more in the sociopathic scale. And then there's the kind narcissist that may be a little bit all about themselves, but they also help others. They are wrapped up in what they're doing or their image and a little bit self-absorbed, but they also try to do kindness in the world. They act kind. That's the part that gets confusing is because they do all these wonderful things. They're out there volunteering and helping people. So you're convinced that they're a really good person. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about someone that is volunteering and then being a real jerk at home, that's yeah. where the confusing part comes. So that is the mask of what they've chosen to be and put out into the world. Okay. Now, this is a personality disorder. Do you feel this can be fixed or healed in a psychotherapist office or with coaching? What's your opinion on that? Um, no, every evidence and everything they say, I mean, the numbers would be in like less than 1% of people who can go and get healed. That means that they've got to have a really highly qualified psychologist, not a therapist, because they will just charm them and make <laughs> them think that everything's fine. So they've got to have someone that knows their game and taps into things that they don't really want to face. So most narcissists never get diagnosed. They don't want to continue on with treatment because if someone does say, hey, you've got some personality disorders, they call them crazy and they never go back. So. That's so typical. Yeah, I've had several couples come in where the wife really wanted help and the guys there. No, I don't like her. It's like, well, we've been to seven therapists 
Well, because I'm onto their game quickly and easily. <laughs> and when they say they can't snow you or charm you, then they don't want to go back. And that's when I say to the wives or the exclusive partner, get yourself help first, even if they won't go. And as you get stronger, either that dynamic's going to change, you're going to be sick of it and move on, mm -hmm. or you're just really going to see more of their game because you're more astute and watching what's happening. Yeah. When you understand the red flags and when you understand their behaviors, things just become so much clearer. And so that advice of getting to your own therapist, your own coach, doing some work to understand things from your perspective mm -hmm. and having someone explain, well, that's what that means. And then you were like, oh, I didn't see it that way. Yeah. Now you get strong and you don't need them to heal because they never will. Right. And can you go into some of those red flags that people should be watching out for? To know that, again, different stages, but the public face and the private face, things aren't adding up. Like again, the change in attention, for example, at the beginning, it's all intense and they don't want to do anything without you. And it's constant texting and calling. And then all of a sudden it starts to wean. It starts to, you know, well, gosh, I have something this weekend. I won't talk to you for a week. It, it starts, the attention starts to go down and you'll find that they tend to be very jealous. And this is jealous without reason. They'll accuse you of being too friendly to the waiter or just things that don't make sense. Like, that's my best friend. Why are you jealous of my best friend? Normally, it's because they're out there doing something wrong, <laughs> you know, and they're jealous of you because I think if they're doing it, you might be too. It's the unconscious. Right. Exactly. And they're projecting. They're projecting yes. so that you don't like look at them. You're so busy defending yourself that you just don't do it. Um, yeah. They're also black and white thinking, especially in the end. It's called splitting in the psychological world. They can't have a gray. You're either the best, that love bombing, oh my God, you're the best soulmate in the world. And then one day it's just, I'm done with you. Thanks, bye. And they turn you into the evil queen or, in, you know, king because it happens to men as well. That's right. The black and white thinking is, is really key and understanding the red flags is so important. I'll talk about my red flag checklist later, but there's so many. I mean, it's two pages. I couldn't talk to you. So, you know, give you all of that. They're but. probably very much that I, similar to what I teach as well. I think it'd be great to go into some of those because it's good for people to know what to watch out for, but you've named a lot of them already. And I'm seeing them also cross into the borderline personality type, into the sociopath. Um, I mean, in my book, Love Beyond Your Dreams, I go into the 14 personality types that can break your heart. And a lot are pulling in from this narcissistic personality type for sure. Yeah. And the thing is, when it, you look at childhood trauma, the person that grows up to be a narcissist has a lot of childhood wounds that are unhealed. They yeah. crave love. They want love. So this is why they're so good at it in the beginning, but they've usually come from a very highly dramatic home. As soon as they get bored or things feel settled in, no, they don't want that. They want that hyper-attention. You know, look at me, aren't I wonderful? And if you're not giving it because things have settled down a little bit, they're going to find the next person who will. So there's a lot of unhealed childhood traumas in the narcissist for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, without question. Mm -hmm. What type of people do the narcissist target? Well, they target people for their assets in some ways. And by assets, I don't mean uh, financial assets. Certainly, there's a plenty of them out there with a con game to get people's money. Yes. 
Um, they, they target people for their financial neediness. You know, if they can control you because you aren't working or something that it depends on what kind of flavor your narcissist is. Sometimes mm -hmm. they are there to get your money. Sometimes they're there to control you and keep you from getting money. Right. If you've had childhood traumas, as you said, they can identify that and see your vulnerabilities in that. If you have no opinion, this is such a simple one, but where do you want to go to dinner? I don't know, you, wherever you want to go, they can see that they can walk all over you in a minute, right? Mm. Um, they target us for being lonely. If you're in a situation where you're an empty nester, you just want to find love again, you're a really good target. And they tend to date up. They tend to find compassionate, caring, empathic, people-pleasing, boundaryless people because we're going to serve and give more of ourselves than they will ever give to us. So they target people for that. Yes, kind people, people in service. So nurses, teachers, mm -hmm. doctors, um, they do like a better lifestyle. Yes. So they will charm you to get into a better lifestyle. Now, again, this is part sociopath. This is some of the sociopathic stuff, but the narcissist tends to also want the same thing. So would like it may be someone not as successful as a male going after a high and successful woman that's created quite a great lifestyle for herself. And he will charm and do everything to help her out. I love that movie, Dirty John, that was that combination of sociopath, psychopath, who's a sociopath that kills, and the narcissist because he had all three very evident in that series. So I highly suggest the listeners to watch that series. Yeah, I mean, they will play on people that have big hearts kind people. And this is very much probably like you, the clients that I get that are saying, I'm tired of being a target. I'm tired of trying to love someone enough. Never feel like you can do enough to please them. Yeah. And someone who has, like you were talking about, even the Dirty John movie, that example, there's a woman who's very successful. Mm -hmm. She's very confident, but she has low self-esteem. And I think people don't understand the difference between being confident in your job and your business and your life. But then the low self-esteem is where you're willing to take abuse, if you would. You're yes. willing to, oh, that's okay if, if you... And that low self-esteem is to not say, no, that's not okay. That's where they look for someone and they test that from that's the very right. beginning. They're tapping you. Oh, I might be two hours late to our dinner. Is that okay? And they're testing you and, and okay, sure. Instead of no, you know what? Let's reschedule. That's not acceptable. Mm -hmm. That's what they're looking for. Someone that's willing to give in just to be with them. Ah. They'll find them. And so my listeners understand, because many of them know my 10 childhood traumas that I name in the checklist, this would be coming from trauma number seven, where you were bullied or didn't feel good enough. You feel like you didn't fit in. You didn't work part of the cool crowd. Trauma number two, which is verbal abuse or watching domestic violence at home and always wanting to please that angry and difficult parent that's the people pleasing to keep peace in the house mm -hmm. or trauma number five which is abandonment issues oh. if you even have emotional abandonment or neglect where you didn't get the love that you wanted the power of the beginning stage of this love is so fiercely addictive for people that have come from abandonment that it's hard to give that person up so this is why tracy's saying there's like seven rounds of Let's try and make up or let's do this again or forgiving them a hundred times, you know, and that's where these are coming from. So if you do identify yourself with childhood trauma, you definitely want to make sure that you become strong and have high self-esteem for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
Hi, singles. Are you really ready to have a love relationship? If you're not sure, it's time for you to take the love test. Couples, you're in an exclusive relationship. Do you or your partners have any of the red flags you should be concerned about? Do you think you or they have childhood trauma? Go to RihannaMilne.com and do the free love test. There are tests there for both singles and couples. If you have any concerns after taking those tests and reviewing the answers, then sign up for a Life and Love Transformation Discovery Session and Assessment. This is a one-hour private session with me where I go over your love tests and get to the bottom of where you're stuck and what the next best move would be to get you on your way to having that life that you desire and the love that you deserve. It's time to learn how to move forward to reach all your goals and dreams. Go to RihannaMilne.com, my website, and sign up for the free love test or simply just directly go to the Life and Love Transformation Discovery Session tab. And I look forward to meeting with you to see how I can help you best. Okay, what are some of the common things a narcissist does during relationship? I know you've gone into some of them, but is there any more you wanted to mention? Well, they start to blame, whether it's others or in the beginning, their crazy ex, their crazy family, everyone else's fault. It's never them. So they're not able to take accountability or responsibility. So, you know, they might be the kind of person that dumps every household chore on you. You're in charge of paying the bills, taking out the garbage, doing this, doing that, doing that. And so there's no responsibility in their own lives. And yet they're expecting you to do that. The passive aggressive behaviors, which just seem like, okay, well, it's just them. They're silent treatment, um, not doing what they say. So you asked them to take the garbage out and then the garbage man came and they never did it. And they get mad at you for being bossy. They're just like, wait, that stop nagging me. (laughs) No, I didn't do that. I never said that, you know, gaslighting is huge. Um, And when they try to warp your reality that you know something is true and they're telling you, no, you're wrong, that isn't how it happened, that is such a clear sign of when you're in it, you are under the gaslighting umbrella at that point. Well, I see that when couples come in to me and the comment often is, I've lost totally who I am. I don't know who I am anymore because they have twisted and changed themselves so much to try to be the the person the narcissist wants. So they're highly perfectionistic. And, you know, when you can't please them enough, they're on to the next one. Right. And they also, they steal away, they isolate people. Mm -hmm. Slowly over time, just don't want to be with your friends. They don't want you going to your friends, your family. They've isolated you from your support system. And so you become more dependent on them for your only social activities out there in the world. And then that person becomes a shell. They've lost their hobbies. They've lost their passions. They don't even know what they like anymore. And they come into my support groups or, or my coaching and they're just like, I don't know who I am anymore. Person I was is gone because of this. And it's it's a slow drip of everything yes. that you love being taken from you and and replaced by, you know, servitude to someone that is going to be taking what they need but not caring about your needs. Yeah. I usually find it's one defining moment and it's usually not the biggest moment. It might be a certain look or the way they just do something that you finally say, what am I doing in this relationship? Mm-hmm. It's that one defining moment. 
And then I usually say when you're leaving, trying to leave someone like this, you have to be very protective of yourself. You have to be very careful. You have to have a plan. You have to have someone, if it's your house, in that house with you when you're asking them to leave. Have police on your speed dial. You know, you have to be very careful because they can turn very violent in the end. That's the that's the, the white and black. That's where it becomes all encompassing. And, and, and I'll say this out there because I've had it on YouTube for years, but my narcissist had me arrested and that was just a moment and it was just and I talk to people every single day that have been arrested by these people so it's that moment where you go from good to evil and they don't care that was no empathy for the how that would affect my career my life my financial thing of paying lawyers it, so it's that was in a way Tracy to get you back and to punish you that was definitely a way to get me back and punish me for finding out he was cheating <laughs> I yeah. know Silly me. <laughs> but yeah, so, and this happens all the time. It's that moment where things change. Maybe their mask falls. This is something we talk about all the time. So they've built up this facade and, and that beginning stages where you were like, everything was perfect. They idolized you. You were, everything was charming and perfect. And, and then you start to see, well, that's not really them. They're really not that caring, giving person that, you know, and you start to see things. And yeah. at some point when you see the truth, they know the gig is up. And so they just end it and usually cause some pretty traumatic things to the people who they're leaving behind. Cause now That's you're awesome. a shell, right? Yeah. And they don't want anyone else to have you. Right. Exactly. Yes. It's control. Yeah. The manipulation is learned also when they don't have that loving affection when they're young. So they may go into school. Let's say it's a little boy and he learns if I schmooze my teacher, instead of getting a D, I'll get a C. If I'm charming, I can be the class clown or I can charm these people to like me. So they learn early on this way of being to solve some of their issues at home that are going on and to feel loved, to feel liked. And it just becomes normalized and just a way of being. But underneath, there's a lot of seething anger, you know, from not being loved the way they want to be loved. And then as an adult, this is how it comes out in love relationships is they want this love. That's why they're so loving in the, and attentive in the beginning. But then if it's not perfect because they feel they deserve to be loved a certain way because they didn't get it as a kid. So if it's not perfect and you don't do it right, well, then I'll go over to this one and she'll do it right. And this is prone to serial cheating relationships and without any remorse for you. And this is why they try to isolate you to give them more freedom on the outside of the relationship. Yeah. And, and they're entitled. This goes into the entitlement. They're entitlement. Because you looked at them funny. You know, you didn't make the bed right, so they can go cheat. Or mm. they turn it around and blame you and say, you're cheating, so therefore it's okay that they do, right? You know, and they're just making that up. Right. That goes into the entitlement. It goes through every vein of, of the whole relationship. Yes. Uh, the lies towards the end become really clear. In the beginning, the lies were building the mask of who they were. And most of the time, that isn't real. They were just, mm -hmm. they're making up this persona because you're telling them in your story what you're looking for. Oh, I had someone who cheated on me. I don't want anyone else to cheat on me. Oh, I was cheated on too. I would never do that. That's just part of the mask of what they're presenting to you. So when you find out that they really have been cheating, the mask has fallen and they are, you're disposable then. Yeah. Now, you and I both see the victims on the other side of these relationships. We know how the victims feel, but talk to the listeners about that. I know many feel shame 
and they're afraid to go talk to someone or tell the story because they're going to say, well, they're going to say to me, why didn't I see this? They either suffer in silence, they start isolating. What else do you see from the victims of this type of relationship? They end up feeling very lost. That shell part we were talking about before, they lost themselves. They're very hopeless and they're defeated and they have no will to go on anymore or trust again. Those pains that come from trusting the wrong person is something that rides the whole recovery journey for a long time because they have to self-forgive themselves to say, you didn't know this kind of person. You just assumed people were kind and loving. You yeah. didn't know. And, and so to understand where they are. And that there is ways of healing. There is now, so, so many ways to heal. So don't isolate. Don't feel shamed. People like Tracy and I, we've been through this. We get it. So we have total empathy to anyone that's been the victim of the sociopath and narcissist like we both have. And again, look at us. We're kind, giving, loving, cool, sharp ladies. So this can happen to anyone. And the important thing is you get educated and you get empowered and you learn to recognize the signs of childhood trauma and the type of signs that the narcissist, sociopath, borderline, and other personality types that can be very toxic and dangerous. What does that look like? Get educated. It's so important. Yeah. How can people get healing? I mean, we're both coaches, but tell them, Tracy, what you offer and if you have free gifts and what they can do to find you. Right. So the, mo the most important thing is for them to find support. So whether it's through a coach, a qualified therapist, if that therapist doesn't really understand personality disorders, mm -hmm. run because they will end up doing more harm. So get the, the kind of quality help and read books. I, I talk to people and they're just like, I'm watching YouTube, but I'm not reading any books. And I'm like, okay, YouTube's like a 15, 30 minute type of thing. If you read a book on abandonment, you will understand it better. So, you know, go through those things, finding support. I have two support groups here in Colorado, but on my website, we have a list of about 300 of them from everywhere in the country. And if there isn't one near you, set one up. Just say, hey, I'm not healed yet, but I can bring people together and Every single time you meet, you will learn something and you will just walk away with such a good feeling. I have a girl in Hawaii that I aided and helped her set up her group. And every month she sends me, this is how many people we had. And it's, it's oh my God, everyone was so happy. And, you know, just to find that support system that people that understand it, because your friends and your family are not going to understand That's it. That's true. They're they don't, because they said, we told you for months to leave that person. I don't want to hear or help you at the end. Yeah, or that he wasn't so bad. You're just making that up. It's horrible, but there's things that you're going to need to learn. You're going to need to learn boundaries. You're going to have to understand fear because fear kept us there. The fear of losing them, the fear of the future. What will I do without this person? That's why they're targeting people that are a specific level. Um, you have to learn to let go of the anger or you're never going to move on. That's right. And you have to go through anger. I do believe that in the beginning, you have to get mad because anger feeds recovery. If you don't get angry yeah. and you don't want to get better, you're not going to. So you need to go through it, but don't live there. Finding self-forgiveness and those sort of things. Um, you give a lot of free resources on your website. You want to tell them where to find that? Sure. So it is at NarcissistAbuseSupport.com. And we have things like my 
free red flag checklist. It's two pages of things, the behaviors, what happened. We have a PTSD checklist, things that you don't understand that you might have PTSD. Just look at this and go, oh, I'm walking into the rooms. I'm feeling I'm in a fog. Do that sort of thing. We've got some free courses on there. I've got a boundaries course for like $15. Go and take it. These are things that are going to help you move forward. Join my support group on Facebook. We have about 9,000 people in it now. And just finding that community. If you can't find a support group, if you can't get out of the house because the kids are sleeping, get in and talk to others. Great. And Tracy, what would be your last words of wisdom you'd like to offer the listeners today? I would tell them not to think that they can do this alone. This isn't a normal breakup. This isn't a normal divorce. This was warfare. And your soul is at risk. If you don't get the right help, you're going to be absorbed by another abuser. And they're usually worse. They take it to the next level because they've seen what you tolerated. And your story is telling them that. Your story is going, well, I had a cheating husband. And they're going, awesome, I can cheat because you accepted him back 10 times. Awesome. Mm -hmm. You have to understand your own accountabilities and vulnerabilities and heal those wounds, like you said. Yeah. Abandonment wounds, your childhood traumas. Look at those things really deeply. And then you have the, the possibility to heal and be um, making YouTube videos like you and me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have to stop and heal from the traumas and the unconscious behaviors that keep bringing you back to that normalized past. Yeah. Right, for sure. So Tracy, thank you so much. You've been a wealth of information as usual. And together we're going to continue on our mad mission to change the way the world loves. <laughs> so that's why I wanted you on because we're so aligned with the same message and you're such a blessing to the world. So thank you for coming on today. Truly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Okay, love angels and transformers. That's all we have time for today. I want to again thank Tracy Malone from NarcissusAbuseSupport.com, a fabulous resource site for anyone that has gone through the trauma of being with a narcissistic partner. I appreciate you sharing this link and the mission of changing the way the world loves by giving this link to people you love and care about who you feel needs to hear the show. If you would, please subscribe to the show, leave a five-star rating, and a comment about the show that you just listened to. If at all, during the week, you need help and support, reach out to me at rihannamilne.com, where you can find free love tests, book chapter downloads of my books, Live and Love Beyond Your Dreams, and also you can sign up for a Life and Love Transformation Discovery Session and Assessment to meet with me in private for up to one hour to get to the bottom of what you're dealing with and to help you form the next best step to help you create the life that you desire and have the love that you deserve. Also, do download the free ebook at havetheloveyoudeserve.com. That's havetheloveyoudeserve.com. And single ladies, don't forget, 9-28, September 28th from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m., I am offering a complimentary live virtual workshop retreat, a rejuvenation from surviving to thriving, having the mindset for success to succeed in life, love, and career. You need to sign up for that as soon as possible because space is extremely limited. Go to my website, rihannamillen.com, to find all the details. And as always, I am here to help you create the life that you desire and to have the love that you deserve. Have a fabulous and blessed week. 
We want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Milne. Go to RihannaMilne.com for more resources. And if you're really ready to take action to improve your life or love situation, apply now for a session with Rihanna. And remember, it's time to have the life you desire and the love you deserve.